You're listening to the Do the Damn Thing podcast with Liz Heron, episode 47. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Do the Damn Thing podcast. My name is Liz Heron, and I am your personal cheerleader, helping you get off your butt and on your way to trying something new, facing your fears, or realizing your dreams. No matter what your damn thing is, whether it's asking for a raise at work, organizing your house, getting out of that toxic relationship, or pursuing your passion project, this show will provide you with real-world, tangible tips and inspiration so you can live the life you deserve. If you're ready to do the damn thing, then you have come to the right place. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's jump in. Hi, friend. How are you doing today? So we're about 40-ish days into shelter-in-place here in California, and I gotta say, some days... I feel like I'm in the zone, I'm killing it, I'm on task, I'm focused, and other days I'm just barely hanging on. I'm either like staring out the window, I don't know what to do with myself, I'm kind of like starting things and then like being like, what did I walk into this room for, right? Like just kind of all over the place. Can you relate? <laughs> I'm sure you can. We're all kind of in the same boat. Um or actually, I found, I read this analogy the other day. It's like we're not in the same boat, right? Because we're all in very different circumstances, and you know, um, we're, you know, we're all in the same storm, in the same ocean, but we're in very different boats, right? So the way we're experiencing the storm and the way we're experiencing all of this is very, very different, right? So if you've got like the David Geffen yacht, then you're experiencing things very differently than someone who's got you know like a dinghy with holes in it. Um, and so I thought that was a really, really fitting um, analogy for what this is, right? So we're we're all in this storm together, but we're all in different boats. So um, yeah, and as parents, there's a whole other level, right, to this storm and to you know what's happening in our boats. And I, uh, right, not only are we looking out for our own mental and physical health, but we're also worried about the physical and mental health of our kids and their education and, you know, screen times and and all of the things. And so I had a lot of questions about parenting in a pandemic because, hi, we've never had to do this before. So whenever I had parenting questions, I call up Dolly Clock of Adolescence. And if you're a longtime listener, you may remember Dolly from episode number nine on how to talk to your kids about sex. It was a great episode, super informative. Um, it's great if you've got young kids and you're thinking, oh, it's too soon for that. No, go back and listen to that episode. I think there's still so much goodness in there. Um, so yes, yeah, so I wanted to have Dolly on and um, try in new things. I wanted to do an Instagram live. And so we did one last week, I believe. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it's like the days, like I know what day it is, but I don't always remember what happened on what day. (laughs) So I think we did the Instagram live last week and, um, full of really great info, such a great conversation. And unfortunately I lost the audio of the interview. So that was a bummer. Um, but I asked Dolly to come back and do it again because it was just that good. And there was so much information that I think is really, really helpful to, to parents right now. So here's a little background on Dolly. Dolly Clock is a board certified family physician with over 15 years of clinical experience in the Los Angeles area, including 13 years in the department of family medicine at Kaiser Permanente. 
She served as the medical or as a, as a medical advisor for the entire run of the hit TV sitcom Scrubs. And she's currently running support groups for parenting in a pandemic. And I'll post all of her links in the show notes if you're interested in joining. She talks a little bit more about it in the um, interview as well. So I really love Dolly's down-to-earth approach to parenting. And she has some great advice and resources on how to parent in this unprecedented time. So we talk about routines, screen time, how to talk to your kids about what's going on, how to... um, you know, take care of yourself, how to kind of manage the guilt and overwhelm that is coming with this time and and parenting in this time. And I came away from my conversation with Dolly feeling a whole lot more prepared and a whole lot less alone. And I really, really hope that that is what you walk away with as well. Um, So let's get into it. And again, like, thank you so much. I'm so bummed that the Instagram live um, didn't record. And I think I figured it out <laughs> from trial and error, which is because usually if you do an Instagram live, you can save it to your phone. But yeah. I've learned that if you do it with a guest, you can't. So oh. yeah, it's really interesting. Like, so I, I, poor Tyler, I made him go like on Instagram live with me a bunch of times. Like, cause I was like, okay, now try this now try this. And like, um, but yeah, it's like, if you have two people, you can't save it. So, um, yeah so too bad yeah that was fun and it was nice to be able to see you I know I know that was really fun so I think um so again thank you for hopping on because I felt like we had we talked about so many really interesting things and really helpful things and so I thought um that people could definitely benefit from it so thanks for hopping on again oh my my pleasure we'll see if we can recreate yeah so the magic you guys, I think when we spoke on um, Instagram, you guys, had you just wrapped up spring break or were you still on spring break? Was that last week? Oh gosh, I, I think we must have just been wrapping it up. I can't even remember when that was anymore, but I think we were wrapping up because this is now we're in the second week of back to school post spring break, I think. I don't know. I'm losing track of time. It's not happening to you. It definitely is <laughs> happening to me. I'm, I kind of remind myself what day it's not so much what day of the week it is because I've kind of got, you know, just like there's certain things that I do. I'm like, again, like the gardener's here. So it's Tuesday clearly. Um, mm-hmm. But I am forgetting like when things happened. Like I'm like, was that yesterday? Yeah. Or was that two days ago? Or was that last week? <laughs> like that's the part that I can't quite remember. I'm, I'm having the same problem. Yeah. Totally. So yeah. So we made it through. Cause I was, I was feeling a little anxious about the lack of structure for a spring break where I knew the weather wasn't going to be great and there was going to be no online school and yeah. we couldn't go anywhere, you know, but it ended up being fine. Yeah. You know, How did you guys manage? We got through and had, yeah, we had some fun and we had some kind of boring times and it, it was fine. And then now I think people are kind of getting in the groove a little bit better with the whole online learning and sort of understanding that this is how it's going to be for the rest of the school year. It's not long. Yeah. Yeah. And we've definitely put in like incentives into place. So we've got a, a loose structure. Um, and then we've kind of given the kids like, cause you know, bedtime and we can talk about this too, about like keeping certain routines and keeping certain t- like um, rituals and timing, right? Like, yeah. We don't have to get up early for school or as early, right, anymore. Oh. Um, and so with the kids, like they've they've been lobbying hard to stay up late, and we can definitely talk yeah. about this. Um, yeah. And so we, 
of course I want my time at night. I don't want them up until midnight mm-hmm. because I would like, you know, some time without them. <laughs> the but at the same time, it's kind of hard to justify like, oh, you have to go to bed at this time because before it was, oh, you have to be up by this time in order to be at school by this time. Right. Like, so it's like, we had all of these things yeah. that we were working towards. Now we've kind of, um, you know, we, we, right now we have our like nine to noon is the school time. And mm-hmm. then we're kind of a little bit more lax throughout the rest of the day. Um, but they're still kind of asking for stay up late times. And so one of the things that we are doing yeah. now is kind of saying like, okay, if all of your homework chores, like all of that stuff is done, like say like by Thursday, like Thursday night can be like party night. <laughs> you can all stay right, right, right. and sleep and we're not going to wake you up on Friday morning. And um, so, so far, so we're going to, we're trying that out to see. Um, I know my oldest is definitely motivated to, you know, all of a sudden he's like doing chores without me asking and getting stuff done because he wants mm-hmm. to stay up late to, you know, play video games with his friends. Fantastic. He found the motivation. This is yeah, great. Like, can you talk about how important is it to keep a, a bedtime and keep those kind of those same routines, I guess? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, sleep is really critically important. So um, that doesn't mean that we have to be as rigid, you know, with our with our bedtimes and wake times, because as you said, people have a little bit more flexibility built into their day. I have two teenagers, 16 and 13. And so this has actually been really healthy for them from this perspective in terms of, you know, now their sleep and wake times are really more naturally aligned with what their circadian rhythms are supposed to be doing at this age, which is going to bed later and sleeping in later. So, um, you know, my daughter is like getting at least 10 hours, you know, 10, 11 hours of sleep a night. It's a, it's amazing. And it has just, just her mood is fantastic. I, you know, we're in this like awful time right now, but I feel like in my family, a lot has improved in terms of, you know, kids and be, their behavior and all this just around the fact that they're finally getting the sleep that they need because they don't have to get up so early to commute to school and early start times and all of that. So, um, so I, for teens, that's sort of like helping them a little bit. And, um, but just in general, I think everyone, adults included, we, we still have to honor that sleep because that's so important for our bodies right now. It's important for our emotional regulation, right? If we're sleep deprived, we're going to be more irritable and there's a lot to be irritable about right now and a lot to be stressed about. So um, from that emotional standpoint, the sleep's really important. And it's also important in terms of our immune function, which is also tied to, to our sleep. So, um, so I think we do have to honor that. And because we're in this weird, you know, it's almost like the days can kind of feel like these weird, lazy weekends mm-hmm. sometimes. So, so just having some structure in place is important. So, you know, elementary schoolers should be getting 10 to 12 hours of sleep a night and teens need to be getting eight to 10 hours of sleep a night and, and adults should be getting at least seven hours of sleep a night. Right. So if we can try to honor that and make that happen and it doesn't, it's going to look different in every family, but um, you know, if most days we can have that happen, then we're going to have sort of this better infrastructure for dealing with the situation. Yeah. Cause one of the things we struggle with is, you know, the getting them up, like, do we wake them up? <laughs> you know, and, be, and, or let them sleep in. Right. So it's like that finding that balance of like, it's just so funny because my, my, um, default thinking is to be like, well, we've got to get up. Like we've got it. We've got things to do. And I'm like, do we, <laughs> do we have things? To do? 
<laughs> I mean, we've got school and stuff, but like they have been, it's just so much more fluid, right? And to your point, like you can find yeah. the, the routine that works for you or like the timing that works for you. Right. But that's kind of, you know, it's kind of so nice to be able to be flexible for a change. And I, I'm fi- I've been running these, um, you know, support groups for parenting in a pandemic. And, and that's, you know, I'm hearing a lot from parents about just them being so grateful for, for that flexibility and just for the, you know, having less frenetic lives right now that they don't have to be somewhere every five seconds and they're not having to cart their kids around while they're also trying to get their work obligations done. And, you know, and so it's just like, even though, you know, I don't want to diminish the overriding, um, you know, the backdrop here, which is of course very serious, but, but for people who are at home and they're able to work from home and they're feeling safe and, you know, otherwise things are status quo and all right. Like I think they're, there are so many positives in this for them in terms of that and being a little bit more grounded and being able to be more present with their families because there's just like that background noise in terms of all the logistical stuff has been, you know, the volume has been turned down a little bit there. Yeah. I've definitely found that to be true. We're usually, um, you know, Tyler and I will usually have to compare weekend schedules and kind of be like, okay, where do we, you know, where does this kid need to be? Where does this one need to be? what time, how can we get them, right? Like all of that. And we just yeah. don't now. And it's kind of, I think the first couple of weeks, it was weird to be like, wait, so we're like not going anywhere. We're not doing what, this is it. <laughs> like there's no baseball tournament that we have to drive to, or there's no, um, you know, it's like Taekwondo class or birthday parties, right? It's just this. Um, and, but now it's kind of, we're, you know, settling into it and it's like, okay, like this is, it is kind of nice to not have to you know, be running all over the place. Um, even though yeah, I had in my family, I hadn't realized like how much of our conversation really was logistical, right? Like <laughs> discussing people's schedules and who needs to be where, when, and you know, which parent is taking, you know, like I, I just, it just was what it was. Right. And so now I'm finding we're having so much more meaningful, deeper conversations at our meal time. And just, you know, as we, Pass each other, you know, going from class to work, right? Yeah. We're all we're all down together, so yeah, it's really it's interesting. so interesting that you brought that up because um, I watch the um, Governor Cuomo briefings, you know, the Governor mm-hmm. of New York, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I really love it just because he kind of, you know, it's very tell it like it is, and and it's also kind of yeah. a little folksy, um, and it appeals to my native New Yorker. <laughs> And yeah, he, he said something about that the other day that was really interesting about, you know, before this, you know, he has, I think he has two, um, grown children and before this, you know, mm-hmm. there'd be these conversations of like, Oh, how are you good? Oh, when, you know, when are we going to see you next? Like it, they were very superficial conversations mm-hmm. and he was talking about mm-hmm. how now he's got time, right? Like he's got hours yeah. to sit and talk to his children and find out who they really are. And like, it's, and he kind of talked about how, like, he's not going to go back to those superficial conversations. Like it's so, you know, and, yeah. but he also talked about too, like missing his mom. Right. And like the idea that like, you know, she used to invite him over for coffee and he would say, Oh yeah, next time, next time, you know, think, and, mm-hmm. and now he's like, Oh, like I was so wrong. I should have just like sat and talked with her. And like, you know, I think there is that, um, yeah, that awareness, right, of our relationships and like what goes into them and who we spend time yeah. with and how we spend time with them. Absolutely. And I feel like um 
I think now that we're, you know, where are we about a month plus into this state of being and as people kind of settle into it, of course, there's all still so much uncertainty, but, but as people are kind of getting used to us, I, I'm starting those, these conversations, exactly what you're discussing, what are coming up in some of these groups that I'm running where people are, are starting to talk about, you know, looking forward, especially now that there's more conversation about things opening up, when will they open up? How is it safe for that to happen? But, but just sort of that, that, you know, beginning of thinking about a light at the end of the tunnel and then what from this do I want to take with me, right? Out of this journey and into the next phase, like what, you know, what pieces have we rediscovered as families that we want to hold on to um, once we do go back to some other version of normal, which is all seems very abnormal right now, yeah. but right. Yeah. So I want yeah. to talk a little bit more about the support groups. Um, I definitely want to get to that, but let's staying on this meaningful, deeper conversations. One of the things that I had been talking to um, other moms about and other parents about this and kind of letting them know I was going to be talking to you and, you know, what questions they had. And one of the things that came up was like around talking to kids about this and how to get them to have those kind of deeper conversations about how they're feeling and how this is affecting them. Do you have any, um, I guess, any tips or, or, you know, kind of thoughts on that about how to get kids to talk about what's going on with them during this time? Well, you know, I think just like before this time, you have the kids who are chatty, right? And you have those who don't really open up. Um, I think it's great that moms are talking to you about that, because I think there's a, there's a little bit of a parenting instinct at play, you know, that we have to protect our kids from this. And, um, and so some parents are sort of, um, kind of trying to shield, especially with younger kids, right? You know, but even with teens, sometimes they're trying to shield them from this conversation. Actually, I was talking with a group of high school parents and and one of them, um, you know, was saying how she was, you know, trying not to really talk about sort of the reality of the situation, right? Just it, it was all about like what was happening in their little bubble in their home, but they weren't talking about the other issues. And she was forgetting that her teenager has the same access to all the news that she does, right? Yeah. So her team, meanwhile, was getting all this information and was sort of like processing it by themselves. They weren't having conversations about it. And so I think that's really important for parents to remember is that, you know, kids are aware that something is going on. So depending on their age, they have different levels of awareness and understanding and ability to think abstractly about this. But, but yeah, we do need to talk about it because it is... Um, you know, when we don't talk about it, then kids are left to sort of interpret things, you know, the way they will and their emotions take over and sometimes or they're just not talking about it and it's being bottled up inside and it will come out later. Right. So so I think, you know, for the kids who are, you know, more chatty, that's easier. The ones who don't open up as much about it, you know, you can ask them about it. But I, I think also just if we as the adults in their lives talk about you know, our own emotions and our own feelings about it and without overly dramatizing it and without, you know, having that be the only conversation going on, but, but just to be real and be authentic and, and, and model for our kids that, you know, this is stressful. And, and today I didn't have a very good day. I was really upset today, or I was, it was hard for me to motivate today, or just, you know, talk about yourself. You can always talk about yourself. And so that models for them that it's, it's normal to maybe have some anxiety about this. And these are like normal human reactions to have and normal emotions. And then we kind of take away that stigma 
right? And and I think that those are the pieces that to me are so powerful when I think about moving forward, right? Like this is a chance for parents to model for their kids how they deal with a major, major stressor in their lives and how how they're going to like work through it and come out on the other side. Yeah, I think that's so key. We have, um, and I think I've talked to you about this before, we have a thing that we do every night um, before bed and it's, we talk about what was the worst part of our day and what was the best part of our day. And it's that. great. Like it's so much fun. And and I'm always amazed at like what winds up being the best and worst parts of kids days <laughs> because, yeah. um, you know, it could be something that, you know, we've had times where like one of the kids has had a full on meltdown about something. And then we get to like, what was the worst part of your day? And they're like, Oh, um, yeah, nothing, I guess. Or like, Oh, I don't have one. Or they'll say like, Oh, I didn't like the rice at dinner. Like it's something that isn't related to like the complete yes. meltdown or breakdown. And I'm always like, oh, okay. We've already moved on from that. <laughs> but that's an important. Oh, go ahead. What go I ahead. love about it is like, it gives, we all do it. Right. So it's not just the kids. So it's like the grownups do it too. And it's a great chance for, to that, to your point about modeling to be able to say like, oh, the worst part of, like, I think this happened last week was where I was like, oh, the worst part of my day was um, the six times I cried today. <laughs> Because I'm kind of over this quarantine, yeah. <laughs> you know, just being able to say like, "Yeah, this is hard," like, and and you know, um, but also like, you know, saying what the best part was. But it is like, there's some nights where like, one, you know, one of our kids, we laugh now because she's always got like five different worst parts. She's like, "Oh, and this, and this." <laughs> got a lot. She's to got a lot to say regard. about the worst part. But we always like, "Yep, that is. Yeah, those were t- those are tough." parts of your day, right? Like, and being able to like, if once we found that like with everybody sharing it, you know, sometimes we'll all have yes. the same best part, right? And sometimes a couple of us have the same worst part, right? It's like, um, but it just, that helps us to just kind of talk about stuff. Like, so if somebody says something is the worst part of their day, right? Like it might spark a conversation that we can all have about it or, um, yeah, like I said, like it just helps. Yeah. It gives us an outlet to talk about what our worst part was. Like, I'll, you know, say like, oh, I was on this, you know, call and it was really frustrating because this person in the meeting wasn't listening to me or, you know, like, and it right. gives them a chance like, oh, that happens to them too, you know, which to your point, right? Really well, important. and I love that you have that, you have that built in sort of to the routine of your day, right? So whether it's every day or once a week at your little family meeting, family sit down, but, you know, just to have that, that structure there available for it. And then people become, you know, more apt to utilize that moment for that purpose. But the other thing that you said that I think is, is so important is, is about, you know, when kids have a big meltdown or they're having this like huge emotional breakdown of one sort or another. And then by the end of the day, that's not the worst part. They they don't even remember it. And I think that's so important for parents to hear and understand because we have that, you know, mama bear, papa bear instinct in us. And we, when we see our kids are struggling emotionally, it's, we want to protect them. We want to fix it for them. Right. But really most of the time they just need someone to vent to, and they just need to like go through that process. And then they come out of it 
on their own. And when they've, when they come out on the other side, that's where like that emotional growth comes from. Right. And so, so to be reminded of that, Liz, right. Like that, it's like this big, awful moment in that moment for them and for us as parents watching it, but then they go through it and then they don't like, it's like they have amnesia. They don't even remember sometimes. Right. And so that's, that's really important to remember for us as parents to just sort of step back in those moments and just let them have have those big emotions, that that's okay for them to have the big emotions. So tell me a little bit more about these support groups that you're running and how we can get involved. Well, so the thing about it, you know, so my, we didn't even talk about my background, but I'm, yeah, I'm a family medicine physician and I have, you know, my two teens. And a few years ago, I sort of stepped out of traditional medicine to kind of focus on the pieces of clinical medicine I love the most, most, which were more around the preventive side and um, patient education. And my favorite subject matter has always been sort of um, puberty, sexuality, adolescent topics. Um, and so I, when I started adolescence, um, whenever that was now, I think four years ago now, um, you know, I started doing a lot of parent education and also work with teens and tweens around all those subjects that I just mentioned. Um, and so most of my work is really um, I, a lot of speaking engagements, a lot of workshops, and then, you know, one-on-one consultations and really almost all of it happens in, in real life. Right. And so when we went on lockdown, I had to kind of like postpone and cancel a bunch of stuff. Um, and, and then what happened with two things, one was I, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, like I am missing being with all these people because I do a lot of community building in my work. And I felt like I was missing that piece. And I was feeling like, people needed that community right now more than more than ever. And I started getting texts and emails and DMs and, you know, with people with questions about parenting in this situation. So I just decided, you know, as also a way to force myself into the online space, you know, to get really cozy with Zoom mm-hmm. and learn how that all works. And uh, so I just, you know, set up all these groups with, you know, my adolescence clients, I just put out the feelers and I had, you know, a hundred some people say, yes, please. And so I just put them in different groups based on the ages of their kids, just so people would have a, you know, a platform, a place to sort of come together with parents of similarly aged children and talk about, you know, what, what they were struggling with and talk about what was going well and just, you know, basic survival. And it's more, it's more about them problem solving and troubleshooting together than me, you know, spewing my knowledge. But, um, but it's been really powerful and really helpful. I think for definitely for me, I'm finding, you know, that connection piece for me, but, um, I just think that people need to hear that other, they're not the only one who's struggling, right? And that other parents are going through the same thing uh, with them. And we are kind of, we really, truly, everyone keeps saying we're all in this together, but we really, we are like the whole world. I mean, we're all this, nobody's done this before. So, um, so we're figuring it out together. Yeah, that's definitely something that I feel like is, has been the mantra for myself, as well as what I've been talking to the kids about is like, no one's ever done this. Like, yeah, it's hard, right? <laughs> like we're all figuring it out. Mm-hmm. There's no blueprint. And we had um our middle um child, you know, we were talking about this and, and was upset. And one of the things that, you know, I let him know was like, this is the probably the one, like maybe the only time in your life where you're going to know for 100% certainty that there are kids all over the world who are feeling the same way that you're feeling, right? That they're missing their friends. They're not sure what's happening. 
they miss their grandparents, right? All of these things, right? Like you're, you're definitely not alone in this, right? Like, especially in this. And there's something that's comforting about that, right? To be like, oh, right. Like there's so many times we think we're the only ones feeling a certain way or going through something or, and this time it's like, oh no, you've got millions of people who are, you know, frustrated by this and they're scared by this and they want to see their grandparents and they, you know, are trying to figure out Google classrooms and, you know, to your point, like zoom meetings, right? Like we're all kind of in this weird, um, unknown boat together. Absolutely. So what do you, what do you find with your, with your groups, um, that things that parents are struggling with the most? Well, there are, um, I was just telling someone else that there are two words that I realized after I did a few of these groups, there were two words that kept coming up over and over and over again, and they were guilty and overwhelmed. Mm. So if you want to know how parents are feeling, they're feeling guilty and they're feeling overwhelmed. And, and that is where I think that power of connection comes in handy, right? To know that it's totally normal to feel overwhelmed in this situation. And you're definitely not alone if you're feeling overwhelmed, you know, and people are feeling overwhelmed for very many different reasons, right? Because everyone's situation in this is quite, quite unique. Um, But that is definitely playing a role. And then the guilty, I think parents are feeling guilty about, they're feeling guilty about their jobs that maybe they're not able to, you know, those who still have a job, right, and are now trying to work from home, and they're just feeling like they can't be as productive, because they're also homeschooling at the same time and everything else, right. So there's that guilt, there's guilt about about the kids, you know, and them feeling like because they're working from home, they're not engaged with their kids yet. They're, they're, yeah. they're under the same roof together. There's the whole um, little piece of social media, right, which is fantastic for connection. And I'm loving all the Instagram lives that everyone's doing. And it's amazing, right? But at the same time, that that comparison that we all worry about for our kids and our teens, you know, as they enter that world of social media, but for us as adults as well, I'm definitely hearing from parents who are feeling guilty because, you know, they have the friends who they're following their feed and it's like, you know, summer day camp, like a really elaborate day camp every day at those people's homes, which is awesome. And like, there are so many creative people and it's so great for them. And I'm so happy for those kids in those homes. But at the same time, that's not what it looks like, you know, in most people's houses, right? So, so we're only seeing like the, the bright side of the situation. And so that, that makes people feel like they're not doing enough for their own kids. So we spend a lot of time talking about that, like how right now it's okay to just be getting by, like, that's okay. If that's all you can do, that's okay. Right. And if you are getting out the glitter every day for like some amazing project, hallelujah, good for you. That's fine too. Right. But don't, don't compare yourself to that. Cause even in those houses, it doesn't look like that all day long. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, I think you hit on a really important part, which is like this idea, all the guilt. Well, I feel like those two things go hand in hand, right? Because you're home now doing all of the things, which is working from home, right? To your point, if if you're lucky enough to still have your job, you're working from home. You're also trying to homeschool, trying to entertain, right? Like you might have a relationship, right? Like there's all of these things and then feeling like you're not able to do any of them a hundred percent at all. Right. Like I know like working parents have so much guilt or especially working moms, right? There's the guilt around like working outside the home. And now it's like, oh, well now you work at home. And it's like, but I'm still guilty because I still feel guilty because I'm not, you know, being able to pay attention to my children, you know, 24 seven. 
right? And right, and it's more in your face, right? You're reminded of it constantly because they're they're there. Yeah, and just that whole working from home is such a huge adjustment for people. So anyone who has made that transition pre-pandemic, right? Who's made that transition of working from outside of the home to working in the home. That's that's a big adjustment and that's a stressor in itself. And that's when kids aren't around all the time, you know, needing your help because they can't log on or they don't understand the assignment or whatever else might be yeah. at play. And um, yeah, and then just the overwhelm of like not being able to do you know, everything come there. I feel like there's an extra layer to everything we're doing, right? So it's like grocery shopping. There's this added layer of, you know, stress and time, um, you know, mm-hmm. going to the store. Like there's all, you know, even, you know, going outside, we were, Tyler and I were talking about this the other day. It's like, you know, our weekends, even if we didn't have a tournament or if we didn't have anything, like we still did stuff, right? We still went, you know, to the beach or we visited, you know, cousins. It's like we, there were still things that we were doing. Um, even yeah. on like the take it easy weekends that we just can't do now. Right. Like, so there's all these, all the things that we were either distracting ourselves with or, um, yeah, it's just like, you know, we used to try to do a thing where we would like limit screen time right on the weekends. And now we kind of feel like yeah. it's like, well, that's out the window. <laughs> and then we can talk a little bit more about that, about like, how important is it? Like, I know one parent wrote in, um, when I mentioned that I was going to be doing this and she asked about like, what do we do about all of the screen time? Like kids are on their screens all the time now. And like, are we going to be able to reverse this? Like, is it doing a lot of damage? Um, So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Everybody's worrying about that. So I think you were worried about it before, right? right? Before we were, (laughs) we're still going outside. One of the things we were worried about before was that our kids were spending so much time on screens and that, you know, that they would no longer value face-to-face time. And now here we are in this situation and guess what? They're dying to be together, right? They just want to see each other and they want to physically be together, which they can't. So that to me is really reassuring, like that human nature actually will prevail in this in the long run. That's so true. Um, I think is, we- because my kids are constantly, they just want to talk to other kids, right? Like, so my daughter is- yeah. You know, it's somebody else. Sometimes I think she's talking to herself and I'm like, oh, right. No, she's on FaceTime with her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know? That's so yeah. And maybe my teenager is the same way. Like they're on group FaceTimes or they're constantly, you know, playing video games where they're connected and talking to each other. And yeah. yeah. And that's so important right now, right? So that's where I think we really do have to be more flexible as parents and recognize that they're not having those regular, you know, face-to-face interactions with their peers and their peers are such an important part of their development right now. And so this is how this is how they're going to connect with their peers is, is going to be online and it's going to look different for different kids, right? Like the, the, some are going to be FaceTiming some, especially, you know, the boys not to stare at, you know, girls do game as well. But, you know, for, I find I'm finding for a lot of the boys that is, that's how they're maintaining those relationships is through gaming and they're talking to each other while they're gaming. And so, so we do oh, yeah, need to recognize there too. My, they're, I think it's Roblox. Like they're always like, yeah. Roblox is like, and if there's, you know, that social component, then that's, that's really important right now. So we do need to be more flexible. That doesn't mean that we need to let it be a complete free for all. Right. So there, I think there still needs to be some uh, basic expectations and, and boundaries around, you know, their screen use. I think parents still need to know sort of how their kids are using um, digital platforms and, and, you know, 
The degree of involvement is going to depend on the age of the kids, just like it did before. And I think we still have to look at that big picture, like back to the sleep. Are they getting the sleep they need, right? Are they, are they um, putting their devices away, you know, for family time and meal times, right? Are they helping out around the house? Are they having face-to-face interactions with the people that are hunkered down at home with them, right? And so once you make sure that you have time for all of those other real-life experiences, then with the remaining time, I think we can be a little bit more liberal right now so that they can interact. And I do think that just like always, it's, you know, the quality of their digital use rather than the quantity is what's important. So if they're using it in creative ways or they're using using it to connect, right? And there's a difference between FaceTime, right? Where they get to see someone else and see emotional reactions. That's very different than just mindlessly scrolling through Instagram. So um, so I do think, I, I think it's okay. And I, I also think that we can sort of set expectations with our kids now and say like, hey, for right now, while we're in this really weird new normal, you know, I'm going to let you do A, B, and C, which we weren't doing before. And when we get back, we're going to have to readjust. And maybe it's a readjustment daily or weekly, whatever works in your family. But, but I, think that, I think that we can, we can certainly be a little bit more flexible right now. And that's going to be okay. Yeah. And one of the things that um, my sister was just telling me that she's been doing, and, and they had this implemented before, um, you know, this, the pandemic, but that mm. it's coming in handy now is they do like a screen-free Sunday. And so uh-huh, it's kind of that. like the rules are kind of lax, you know, during the week, but on Sunday, it's like, no, there's no screens or TV. And she, you know, she says it's great for her and her husband as well. Right. So they're not kind of mindlessly doing yeah. it. Um, but she's like, the kids come up with all sorts of creative things on that one day. Right. And because it's one day, there's not like a whole lot of blowback to it because, you know, they know right. it's that one day all the time. And, and she said, that's something that they kept that, you know, they started before this, they've kept it, even though it's been, you know, there's definitely been times where she said that they've been tempted to not do it because it's, it can be a, you know, like, oh, just go on the screen. <laughs> Right, right. No, I love that. And again, that's like, you know, when you have that structure in place, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, and we, I did, I left out moving your body. We have to make sure they're, they're getting exercise still, right? Also important, you know, getting off the screens, <clears throat> making sure they're active, um, getting outside. These are all important things to balance along with that screen time. And I find that a lot of kids and teens are, they're kind of, cause they're online so much for school now. And then the homework and everything else that they're, they kind of are many of them liking to having a break from the screens. Like they're, they're kind of over the screens <laughs> to some extent. Yeah. I find that as well. Um, so I just wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, resources and stuff for parents who are, you know, I know I love that you've got your groups and, but for parents who are struggling with like even deeper things like, you know, depression, and stuff like how can yeah. we what are some ways that you know they can support themselves or resources that they can I guess take advantage of in this time because yeah well that's that's really important because this is you know this is a very stressful time and so you know for everyone but particularly for folks who already maybe had some um, depression or anxiety had you know existing diagnoses that they were they were being treated for and dealing with um, you know and same with kids right the, we need to really keep an eye on those folks and make sure everyone's getting the help that they need and so certainly um, you know the great news is that a lot of a lot of the local therapists that I refer to regularly and 
you know, this is true. I'm sure nationwide is, you know, a lot of people are now offering video consults and, um, you know, telemedicine versions of, um, of therapy, which is fantastic. And, and I, I, I imagine a lot of that will continue after all of this because it's so, it's so convenient for everyone involved. Um, so I think people should absolutely reach out. Um, you know, there's, you know, for, people with really serious concerns. There's, you know, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline um, for teens. There's Teen Line. Um, you know, so there are great resources out there that are, you know, this is this is affecting people's mental health for sure. And so um, we need to be thoughtful of that. So just like, just like before this, you know, if you're worried about yourself or a loved one, absolutely reach out and get help. That's That's critical right now. Well, Dolly, thank you so much for coming on talking about this. It is so nice to know that we're not alone in this and that, you know, parents are all in the same boat. Um, so tell us where we can find you and where we can find your groups. Uh, you can find me, let's see, on, well, since I know you're active on Instagram. So on Instagram, I'm there as uh, Adolescents LA, which is A-D-O-L-E-S-S-O-N-S-L-A. Um, and then my website is adolescentsla.com. Awesome. Well, I will there. also link all that stuff in the show notes as well. So Great. thank you again for being on. I'm, I love the episode we did about how to talk to your kids about sex. I, when all this was going on, I was like, you were the person I was like, I need to talk to Dolly about this. <laughs> I always love talking with awesome. you, Liz. Thank you so great. much for inviting me. Of course, me. of course. Well, have a great day and um, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Okay. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please subscribe, share with your friends, or leave a review on iTunes. As we grow the show, I would love to hear from you. What damn thing did you accomplish this week? Is there a topic you're dying for me to explore on the show? Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Do The Damn Thing Show and let me know. I can't wait to connect with you and hear all about the action you're taking in your life. In the meantime, get out there and do the damn thing.